Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. Now, it has been a while since I've recorded an episode, and this is going to be the opportunity to give you guys a life update, to open up about the struggles um, that I have faced the last 10 months, which have probably be, been among, among the hardest in the business so far. And what I've learned, what I wanted to share with you, because I think that it could be valuable, hopefully. And what is next? So it's been a while. I actually, for those of you who follow me on social media, I was in Costa Rica um, until about two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, time flies. And then in Mexico. So I came back to Switzerland about two weeks ago. It wasn't planned originally like that. I was supposed to come much earlier, come back much earlier. But as usual, I changed my flight and I didn't have my microphone over there, hence the lack of podcast episodes. Um, and everything happens for a reason. I do trust that. And today I want to talk about, ah, I want to talk about so many things, but what I have learned from this period where I have been feeling completely stuck, looking for answers that I haven't found until recently, trying every trick in the toolbox and feeling it wasn't working, and finally seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And some of the topics we're going to talk about today is based on the work that I have discovered from two authors. One is Lise Bourbeau. Uh, many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with because many of my clients already know her. She wrote a book, I don't know the, the exact title in English, but The Five Wounds That Stop Us From Being Ourselves. So the abandonment wound, the rejection wound, betrayal, humiliation, and injustice. And the work of Susan Anderson, who w uh, wrote a lot about abandonment and how to recover from abound abandonment. So I'll try, I'll try to be as eloquent as possible. Uh, so this story has some sort of beginning, middle and end without it being too chaotic. But at the same time, it is pretty chaotic. So to make a long story short, um, I have felt something was off. So inadequate since past June and Last June of 2021, I launched a program, the Visibility Queen Bootcamp, which is an amazing marketing program, and the launch did not go as expected at all, despite starting off in the best way possible. So strategically, everything was nailed down, the entire team was behind it, the Facebook ads manager, my coach, and we all agreed on what to do, and they did exactly that. And the amount of people who enrolled was far from what I thought it would be. And that was a very hard hit, especially after two big successful launches, because I thought like there is no reason why this shouldn't work. This should actually work twice as, as better, like two times better as all of the previous launches. So it, it felt like the universe was pulling the rug from under my feet and it bruised my ego. It bruised my confidence. It bruised a ton of stuff because I let it have a meaning. And I tell you guys all of the time, don't let anything have a meaning you don't want it to have. 
um, which sometimes easier said than done, right? So for me, in my concept of things back then, which has shifted and been updated since then, uh, you have two components to anything in life, but in that specific case at launch, you have strategy and energy. And you can get away with a pretty average strategy if your energy is good, but you can have the best strategy in the world, but if the energy is not there, it's not going to work. So naturally... I thought, well, something was obviously off with my energy. Maybe I still had a bunch of limiting beliefs. Something was obviously going on that caused the launch to kind of flop. And I beat myself up so much saying like, come on, you're a mindset coach. You can't allow yourself to have so many mindset blind spots. Like I was kind of surprised at the extent to which I had failed to identify some of my own hurdles or obviously things that were going on in my energetic field that interfered with my vision I had of the launch. So that was hard. Um, I procrastinated a lot after that. I didn't really want to get back in, but eventually I did in September, decided to launch another program that I absolutely love, the Abundance Magnet, which felt more aligned back then than the Visibility Queen Bootcamp. So here we go again with bruised confidence, but determined to keep going because what else do you want to do? <laughs> I'm not giving up on this business. And even, you know, when some things don't go as planned, you just keep trying again until it works. So we launch again in September and my cat, my beloved cat, Kelly, dies in the middle of the launch, completely unexpectedly. Um, she got this illness, this kidney problem and basically died overnight we couldn't do anything I couldn't even go get to the vet fast enough to say goodbye it was pretty traumatic and many of you who have furry friends can relate to this that losing a pet is often worse than losing a person unless it was a person very close to us so that was devastating to say the least I navigated that launch as best as I could I did you know finish the launching process um, it was really hard. I was in bed and crying literally all day for at least like five days, uh, but conducted the launch anyways. And it was not bad. And some of you will say, well, you know, given the circumstances, it's any enrollments would have been a win. Um, but since I already had kind of my, my reality slap in June, when that launch didn't go as planned and obviously couldn't plan my cat dying, um, it was another hit and I was very hard on myself again saying, yeah, sure, like Kelly died, but we still had, you know, all of this stuff that was ready in advance. The emails were ready. The social media content was ready. So technically, if I just pre-scheduled everything and even if I did nothing, I could still have enrolled more people. That was my opinion back then. So that was like a second um, slap in the face plus adding insult to injury, my cat being gone, and kind of guilt of should we have brought her to the vet more, should we have demanded that the vet makes more tests, because he said she was fine, but then she wasn't, etc, etc. So navigating all of those emotions. And then more time went by, and as November arrived, I was like, fuck this shit, I'm going back to Costa Rica, which had been the plan since earlier, but because of the many changing rules about travel restrictions, etc. I didn't feel comfortable leaving earlier because I was afraid that 
if they, you know, they banned traveling again and there was like all of the different media outlets that were saying that the autumn would be worse. So I felt, I didn't feel like intuitively that it was the right time to go around September, October. But in November, I had a fuck that moment. I was like, I'm going back to Costa Rica. I need a break. So off I go. Very happy to be back. Vibing with the vibes, feeling more energized, etc. And starting my third uh, launch since June. Uh, of a program I really really like too and I'm getting everything in motion and I am feeling at this point not shitless scared (laughs) but with some anxiety so the fact I was in Costa Rica busy surfing really did help because I just you know I was too busy to to be too anxious about it but I had still the very present memory of the two last launches that did not go as planned And the worst aspect of it is that strategically they were like perfect or almost perfect and people showed a lot of interest and got a lot of DMs and lots of people signing up on the waitlist, but then they didn't convert. So that's even worse. Like if your launch goes bad from beginning to end, you're like, okay, but when it starts exceptionally well (laughs) and then it doesn't end up happening the way you expected, I feel it's even, it's kind of worse. So here I am in Costa Rica firmly decided to, you know, launch a program again. And I'm, you know, in the motion. Some people are showing interest. Some people are signing up. And my grandpa is ill. And my grandpa had exceptional health. He was in very good, you know, shape, etc. And first we were like, oh, you know, he'll get better. It's fine. But then I get a phone call and my mom is like, listen, um, it's your decision, but he's not doing too well. So I call him and I did not like what I heard on the phone at all. So I literally scrambled to book the first flight out of the country, which I was very lucky to find on the same day, uh, dropped everything, left the Airbnb, who didn't give me a refund, which was pretty obnoxious, but that's another story, um, to go back to Switzerland. And unfortunately, he passed away two or two and a half weeks after that, which was pretty unexpected too, because he was in such good health. And we did think that he would like get over what he had. And at the same time, so now I'm feeling horrendous, as you can imagine. And the two or three people who had already enrolled, so I kind of have, I interrupted everything mid-launch, um, withdrew all for a different reason that had nothing to do with my grandpa passing away one had like a major life event and asked if she can get a refund another one um I like I can't even remember what they said and I had this voice in my head because usually when someone enrolls like we get started with the people who enroll but the voice in my head said like just let all of this go this is happening for a reason I never had anyone who enrolled in the past who changed their mind so if the three people who did are changing their mind right now it's for a reason so let them go so that's what I did and that was about at mid mid or end of uh, December of 2021 So here I am starting 2022 feeling pretty shit um, and stressing over now three launches which in my opinion have not gone well, two of which during which I lost the first time my cat who was as important as a person and the second time my grandpa which was he was you know old but it was very unexpected it all left us shocked 
um, kind of wondering what the hell is going on here. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that two people died while a cat and a person died on two different occasions during a launch. For me, it wasn't a coincidence, like the universe was trying to tell me something, but I kept feeling extremely inadequate and beating myself up and not being able to get my shit together, get back on the horse, launch something else. And for having failed as a mindset and business coach to get the results I wanted in the three last launches, the last of which made zero dollars since the three people withdrew. Um, and at that time, I got kind of completely paralyzed in fear because on the top of all of that was another thing going on, which I'll talk more about once it's resolved. It's still kind of ongoing, um, much better than in the past, but I still want to wait a bit more before I share more about that. But to stay vague for now, um, I had this huge financial objective in the business, not so much for myself, so not because I wanted to buy a flat for myself or something like that, but for another reason relating to some family members that I wanted to help with something. So I'll talk about it more another time. And so all of the past launches, which is what I got to understand after many, many months and with the help of a support coach uh, who kind of opened my eyes on that, um, that thing with, you know, a family member, was basically me putting a lot of pressure on myself to make a certain amount of money so I could help them. And the amount was huge. And the implications of making that much money also means you have to pay, you know, a certain amount of tax on that, which if I have to pay taxes on the money I make for myself, it's one thing. But when you have, you feel you have to help someone else, and in addition to helping them out financially, you actually have to pay huge amount of tax on that amount. Um, it's kind of adding insult to injury kind of thing. So I realized in January or February that the deadline um, at which I kind of had to make that much money was getting closer and closer. And it completely paralyzed me in fear. And I can admit it today, like three or four months later, but I could not admit that earlier because... It was part of my identity for a very long time to just get shit done and be strong, right? And it worked. It worked. It doesn't mean it was healthy, but it worked for a long time. So to kind of have to realize not only, you know, for myself, but for you guys and my audience, which I was not ready to share back then, that I was left paralyzed in inaction browsing and scrolling on social media hours a day and that I could not get up and write an email or record a podcast episode even if my life depended on it was kind of unimaginable and I beat myself up for that too like just get more motivation do some EFT meditate do all of the things and use all of the tools you know will help you but I wasn't doing it and I was feeling so much guilt for not doing it because it was like Ines you know exactly what you need to do. Like you are in a funk, your energy is low, you're sleeping all day, you don't want to do anything. EFT could help with this, hypnosis could help with this, subliminals, even going for a walk, uh, do some light yoga. Like you don't have to overwhelm yourself, but you can do at least 15 or 30 minutes a day of something that will actually help you. And I wasn't doing it. And I was like, why am I not doing it? Like, am I sabotaging my success? Do I have a success block? 
do I have like a fear that I haven't identified? And like the circle kept going and going and going. And I still just could not do anything, including EFT or hypnosis. So I would have to force myself to do it. And I will feel would feel bad about not doing more, etc. etc. So that was around January and February, still very much grieving the loss of our grandpa. And I reached a point where I was like, I need a change of scenery again. Um, I need warmth. I need surf. I need just to get my mind completely off all of this and kind of also extract myself from the environment here um, with, you know, the family and that situation I'll talk about later in this podcast. I needed a change of scenery. So I decided to book myself a trip initially to Sri Lanka. I had a friend who went there. She loved it. Oh, that was my cat sneezing, if you heard it. <laughs> it didn't really happen because of travel which restrictions were re- very strict and I was afraid that they would get stricter, stricter while I was in the country and like I contacted so many tra- travel agencies to try to figure out how to get there and what I had to do to be, you know, to respect all of the entry rules and it was so, so complicated and I, wa- I was reading one book during all of that period, The Attractive Factor from Dr. Joe Vitale, and he mentioned these green, orange, and red flags. So when you want to do something, even if it's like buying a new pair of shoes, and you go to the store and the store is closed, or they don't have the pair of shoes, or they don't have the size, those are yellow or red flags, and maybe you're not meant to do that. So here I was trying to go to Sri Lanka, And it just wasn't working. So I was like, well, maybe I'm not meant to go there. Maybe I'm meant to go to Costa Rica. Um, Because I still had my return flight that I had originally booked with a different company when I went in November. And when I had to scramble and come back home, I took the first airline I could find. So I technically still had a return flight. The only reason I wasn't going back to Costa Rica is because Costa Rica is very expensive compared to Southeast Asia. And after like flopping launches and not making any money for months, my scarcity mindset kind of took over. And I was like, now is not a time to go spend thousands and thousands and thousands in Costa Rica. Just go to Sri Lanka, it looks beautiful, I want to see elephants, I can surf, blah blah. Didn't happen, so I was like, okay, I'm going back to Costa Rica, this is fine. So I booked my trip, very good decision. And as I was there for seven weeks, I got more understandings and reframes and energetic shifts and stuff that came up that wasn't that pleasant than in a long, long time. And it's actually exciting because I have learned so much and I am a different person right now and this is what I want to share about um, in this episode. So funny, funny how the universe works. On Christmas, we were eating with these friends, celebrating Christmas with friends, and I got a book as a Christmas gift from the author that I mentioned, Lise Bourbeau, and it was on self-acceptance. The book was on self-acceptance, and according to the author, when you accept yourself, even with traits of characters or personality traits or behaviors that you don't like, 
uh, when you can accept yourself for who you are in this present moment, that is when you can basically have everything you want, uh, including relationships or meaningful friendships or business or happiness, health, etc., etc. And she doesn't say anything radically different than what I have heard or read from other authors, but the way she phrased it and her entire approach was very, very different. And I guess I needed to see things from a different angle because, you know, we have all of our favorite people we follow online. And ultimately, when it comes to energy, manifestation, quantum physics, inner healing, there is like a big common denominator of how all of this works. So there is always some intersection between what all of the authors say including her, but it was just presented differently and sometimes you just need to hear something from a slightly different perspective to actually understand it. And as I was in Costa Rica, I took the book with me and started to read it, I think, in the airplane on my way there. Um, still feeling very much, you know, in a void, which mean loss of understanding of my purpose, nothing is inspiring, nothing is resonating, I don't want to do anything, I didn't allow myself to do nothing, so I felt guilty about doing nothing, which just drained my energy even more. And like anything, it's it's kind of when it's mini existential crisis, like do I even want this business? Do I like doing this? I don't want to work with clients, but then when I did have a few client calls, I loved them, so I knew it was just my brain messing with me. And kind of wondering about what topic to post and not being inspired about anything that is a void. And it happens to all of us. So I'm starting to read this book from Lise Bourbeau on self-acceptance. And I'm having all of these mm mm-hmm and oh and aha moments. A really thought-provoking book. And while I have learned so much from it, I'll just talk about one specific aspect here. She says that... We can't be what we want to be as long as we don't accept in ourselves what we don't want to be. So I translated that from French. I hope you understood. But if I give you an example, if uh, we don't want to be uh, judgmental towards other people, we want to be a very like inclusive, understanding person, as long as we can't accept that we are sometimes judgmental and that's just part of being a human being, we can't be inclusive and understanding. As long as there is something about us that we cannot accept, and maybe, you know, uh, abusive parents was violent physically or emotionally abusive, and we hated that so much that we would hate to be the same, right? So as long as we can't accept that sometimes we have you know, undesirable personality traits or behaviors, it's going to be very difficult to be what we want to be. So self-acceptance is at the key of all of her work. And she also says, once we admit one of our fears, it means that we are accepting it. And once we accept some of our fears, that's when you open the doors to breaking limits. And that is when you can connect on a deeper level with the people opposite you, whether that is a spouse, a significant other, a parent, a family member, a friend, a client, or an audience member. When you can um, talk about your fears and admit that you have certain fears, it creates more space for love and connectedness. And I realized I had all of these fears that you would have not caught me dead admitting 
because in my opinion back then, from my limited standpoint, it reflected a lack of strength, it was too vulnerable, it meant I wasn't good enough, and I realized that not being good enough is one of my biggest fears, so I tried to hide it by being controlling, but by being controlling, some people perceive me, you know, as cold or distant, and then they don't connect with me, and then that's when I feel not good enough, especially in romantic relationships. So I've been learning a shit ton, and you're like, oh my god, how could I have missed all of this? So part of this exercise, and why why I'm doing this podcast episode today, is to come out of the closet about all of these fears I had that I just wouldn't want to admit, because it was way too scary, way too vulnerable, way too quote-unquote weak, and I am determined to break the cycle now and to accept myself as a human being with the fears I had. Um, So I can also accept them much better with my clients and people around me and bring in more love and break, you know, the, the invisible limits that we put around us, that I put around me, through feeding those fears and not coming clean about them. So especially as a business and mindset coach, but not only, I'm sure so many people can relate to this because I've talked about it with my friends and everyone says they have the same. The fear that the business would basically disappear if I took time off. So I probably should have taken time off already in September after my cat died, back then I was very tired, emotionally tired, uh, with that ongoing situation with the finances and the family member that had been weighing on me for quite some time. But I didn't do it out of fear, out of fear that if, you know, I just stop and took three or four months off, that the business would basically crumble to pieces um, and disappear. And that people would not actually agree or accept that you just disappear, especially as a business coach and as a spiritual mindset coach. My idea, which was not right, but it was still very well ingrained in my mind, is that, well, you can't tell people how to build a business and just fucking disappear for four months. Like, that's not how you do it, right? You just find a way to put systems in place and to keep showing up. Uh, which I only partially agree with now. So fear that the business would basically disappear, fear of disappointing you guys, um, of not, you know, rising up to the occasion or fulfilling some sort of expectations that, by the way, I'm sure you don't even have. So they exist in my mind very strongly, but I'm pretty sure that no one expects me to be on 24-7 or every month of the year. And I have seen that in other coaches that I follow. Some of them have kind of gone MIA for a long time or after they gave birth or not even necessarily. And it's fine. You just kind of notice that they aren't around as much and, you know, life goes on. We are all busy and three or four or five months later, they're back and It's not that much of a big deal, but I just couldn't see it from that perspective. So fear of disappointing you guys, and if you were disappointed, it also meant that maybe I wasn't good enough, which is back to that core thing, which I'll talk about more after that majorly came up in Costa Rica. Fear I would lose my reputation or not be credible anymore if I couldn't kind of be consistent the way I wanted. 
fear to admit that the launches didn't go as planned because again, what would my audience think? Like, how can you be a business coach and a mindset coach and uh, supposed to have your mindset and energy the fuck together and then admit that you actually failed? You were incapable of applying to yourself what you advise other people to do. And that was a huge, 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 massive scary one because in my mind if I told my audience well listen I'm gonna teach you you know how to grow your business and scale your business but I've had two launches that didn't go as planned and I'm scared it's gonna happen again in my mind it was just unacceptable like you just don't do that and that is a very harsh way to treat myself because I would never treat a client like that ever or a friend or my younger self Like if my 14 or 18 year old self would say the same thing, I would never tell her it's unacceptable not to be able to launch two times in a row. You are a failure. I would never say that. But yet that's what I was very well saying in my mind. Um, And fear that I'm incapable of helping myself and getting myself out of a funk or getting myself out of my own way um, and kind of being helpless, uh, which I understand now is a regression from past situa- past situations where I felt helpless that weren't resolved and is a normal thing in human beings. Sometimes we feel helpless, sometimes we feel amazing, sometimes we have no idea what to do. Fear that um, if I take too much time off, people won't want to work with me anymore or that, you know, the podcast downloads are going to significantly drop or that the Instagram will stop growing in, all of these things. And the irony in all of this is that what you fear the most will lead you to a certain behavior. So fearing that, you know, if I took too much time off, people won't want to work with me or that my Instagram is going to, my Instagram likes or followers or whatever are not going to grow. So I force myself to post and kind of keep showing up the best I can, but you still manifest the the results you want to avoid. And then you have these other people who post one in every blue moon and their content isn't, isn't even that great, but they just accept that and they don't even care if their Instagram is great or not and it keeps growing because they don't have resistance right and fear of showing vulnerability in case it backfires and I think that that is also something I'm dragging one of those old like suitcases baggage that I'm dragging from the past maybe it's even generational I'm very much assuming Um, because on my mom's side we had these very stern kind of ritzy English posh family members and one of their you know ways of living was never show any emotion never show any vulnerability as a business person if you show vulnerability people can take advantage of you competition can take advantage of you or people you know will wait for the one step the wrong step to kind of kick you down which was very much believed for a very long time I can't really relate to it intellectually Um, but I'm sure, you know, that these things can be passed down genetically, energetically, etc. So there must have been some of that, that stuff as I was very afraid of showing vulnerability. So here I am coming out of the closet with all of my fears that drained the life out of me since basically past June and the sense, the feeling of inadequacy, is that how you pronounce that word? Inadequat en français. <laughs> inadequacy. 
of like not being able to walk the walk and feeling like a hypocrite for telling you guys, you know, what to do and feeling I was completely stuck and that none of the resources I had were really helping and even worse that I wasn't even using my fucking damn resources which just made everything worse because it was like why can't I just freaking do it like it's not hard but I can't do it it's not that complicated what I came to realize before we move on to the second big topic this episode is going to be long I didn't intend it to be this long but it will take the time it needs to take The thing I realized is that I mentioned in the very beginning of this episode that in my mind, when you have a goal of something you want to manifest, and more specifically for a launch a business, there is energy and strategy. So if it didn't work, it's one of the two and probably energy. What I have understood now that I didn't see before, probably my ego wanted to hide it from me, is that there's a third component to the equation which is the universe teaching you the lesson you need to know, to learn in order to grow, or the universe giving you what you need, which is not always what you want. And with regards to this situation that I'll speak more about in the future, the financial situation and helping, you know, part of the, part of, uh, some people in the family is that Maybe my plan to help them financially, which never felt great because I felt I was putting myself last, that my needs were put last for the sake of, you know, that situation. Um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, what I thought I wanted or what I thought was the best way to deal with that maybe wasn't the best way to deal with that. And maybe the reasons that I took some actions or had certain objectives with relation to that situation was out of fear, out of fear that if I didn't help them, you know, it would be a fucking shit show or that some people's feelings would be hurt or that, you know, all of the uncertainty of what would happen if we couldn't solve it, etc., etc., rather than coming from a place of, am I doing this because I deeply feel in my core that it's the best thing to do. And is this how I want to live my life in the future? Wait, my cat is rubbing against the mic cable, so I'll just move her. It's our little rescue. Come here. Okay. And looking back with the launches that didn't go as planned, planned, I do think that the universe was like, girl... If you want to become your higher self and if you want to live the life you want to live, which is happy with healthy relationships, stopping codependence patterns, which is an intention I set already a long time ago, stopping, you know, feeling responsible for other people's happiness and taking responsibility for your happiness first. If you want to get there, um, we'll have to do things a different way than in the past, right? You can't get a a um, different future doing the exact same thing as the past. And what I'm coming to understand now is that maybe the launches had to quote-unquote flop or not happen so that I wouldn't have the money I expected or wanted to have to help those specific people because maybe there was another way of dealing with that situation that didn't involve me um, making and giving significant significant amounts of money and that took a long time to see and understand and accept 
because I guess that in my conception of things, that was the best way of dealing with it and helping everyone out. And I didn't want to or couldn't see that there was maybe another option which was more uncertain that would force us to step into the unknown that was fucking scary, but ultimately the best option for everyone. And you guys know how the human being hates the unknown or uncertain things, even if it means, you know, sometimes for the best. So... Lesson number one from these past 10 months is that when you're manifesting something or when you're working towards something, there is energy, strategy, and what the freaking universe knows what is best for you, which is not always, sometimes, but not always what you want. And I should have understood that when my cat died and my grandpa died during launches, which was not a coincidence, I was like, damn, the universe has been trying to say something and the voice is getting louder and louder and louder. And I need to be listening now because I don't really want to have people or cats dying (laughs) for all of my launches in the future or something significant happening while I'm launching. So that was huge lesson number one. Now let's get to huge lesson number two, which started when I got massively triggered on in Costa Rica on something I thought was dealt with. And that was um, all of my feelings relating to abandonment and not feeling good enough, especially in the context of dating. So I think I've shared in the um, in one other episode about depression and EFT, how I would get depression when I met someone and it didn't work out and like I my world would come crashing down and I was kind of on my knees and that's how I got depression so many times and that's how I heal with EFT. And while I was in Costa Rica, a shit ton of stuff resurfaced. So I think that reading the book and the work from Lise Bourbeau and one of the main themes is abandonment kind of opened the Pandera box, opened the door to the Pandera box. And there is this saying that if it's coming, it's leaving. So maybe I was also in a stage in my life where I was ready to process and deal with some old emotions that had been like patiently sitting or hiding under the rug until I was ready for them. And it is said, there is a lot of people, many people who say in the specific place I was in Costa Rica, but Costa Rica in general, that it's like a huge energetic portal and that everything is felt more intensely. So all of these deep fears of abandonment and not feeling good enough and being afraid that I will never find Mr. Right because I will keep attracting emotionally unavailable people and that I'm not good enough, etc., etc., came kind of <laughs> crashing onto me like I would not expect. And the last time I did significant work on that specific topic was four years ago when I healed myself from EF, um, from depression through EFT. And since then, nothing really came up, but also because I very subtly, or not so subtly at all, avoided any situation that could re-trigger the abandonment and I'm not good enough trauma. So a very long time I was afraid that if I met someone and I reacted strongly or if I still hadn't completely healed, that it would just 
fuck up my business because I couldn't, you know, function anymore, which was very much the case in the past. It would bring me to my knees where I was, you know, curled up in my bed, not being able to eat for weeks, not wanting to do anything. So God forbids, in my mind, I thought that if this happens while I have to run a business, it's just not possible. So that's why I very purposely uh, did not meet anyone for quite some time. Um, but one of the intentions I set at the beginning of the year is being open to meeting Mr. Wright. So I guess that the universe listened and it was like, girl, you need to heal some shit that is still hiding, you know, under the rug, waiting patiently to be processed. And now is the time (laughs) in Costa Rica. So all of this stuff came up um, and I cried more in Costa Rica than I have cried in a very, very long time. At the same time, feeling immense gratitude because even if it's hard and it's very uncomfortable, For me, if it's coming, I have an opportunity to do, you know, hypnosis on it or EFT and actually peel the onion layers and heal those emotions as they are coming up or heal stuff from the past that is coming up. So, you know, gratitude in the midst of emotional chaos, as I was really well aware that whether like the sooner the better it happens it would have happened eventually I would have had to process those things eventually so it might as well be right now and as all of that was coming up I understood and kind of pinpointed some very interesting things where I had these beliefs that came that were kind of random so one of them was it's never going to work because he doesn't care about me and he didn't refer to anyone special. I think I was kind of like regressed to all of the times I met a he who I felt didn't care. And it was this very vivid belief that felt extremely real and strong in my body, even though intellectually I was kind of like, where is this coming from? But it just felt so real. So I did a timeline therapy. Bless my mom. She helped me with that. Um, And I went back to my great-grandma, Alice, who's resting in peace, um, and I, it's as if I was in her body, I was her, I could see her flat in Vancouver, uh, where she lived, and she was feeling that uh, with regards to her husband back then, very vividly, he doesn't care about me, and she thought, uh, she believed that because he was never home, and he had his his ways with women, let's not get into details, but let's say he wasn't exactly Mr. Faithful. Um, and she had that very strong feeling. So it's as if those exact feelings or belief were passed down. I could really feel I was her. And timeline therapy is such an amazing tool because you kind of understand when the very first time, when was the very first time you developed a feeling or belief. And you can also understand that it's not yours. Like you kind of inherited of it, or inherited it, but it's not yours. So that brought a lot of peace. And I did a bunch of timelines on various other topics that were all around, you know, other people not caring or me not feeling good enough or craving connection. Um, and I went to a past life where, where I was abandoned, which was very vivid, very emotional, and also brought a lot of answers to as why I had this massive fear of abandonment, even though, you know, I didn't get adopted, I didn't get abandoned as a kid, etc. And as I was navigating through all of that, I just googled abandonment book. Sometimes, you know, the most basic stuff is the best. And I came across 
this life-changing book, like please go read it right now. Even if you feel you don't have an abandonment problem, we all have an abandonment problem to some greater or lesser extent because we were all born and that was the first time as a tiny baby that we kind of were ripped <laughs> out of our cozy environment in our mom's stomach and felt the initial separation that triggers the abandonment wound. So I will put the, the link, um, the name of the book in the show notes. Uh, the author is Susan Anderson. And when I read her book, it was just light bulb after light bulb after light bulb, as if she had been in my mind, as if she had written the book for me, and finally feeling understood, because I had such a deep sense of shame of all of the times I had depression after it didn't work out with a guy, and I was like, how can this even be happening? Like, if we had been in a relationship for months or years, and then he dumps you, like, yeah, okay, sure, you can feel miserable, but not after a few dates, like, it doesn't make any sense. Or feeling miserable when a situationship didn't work out with someone I knew wasn't good for me, or someone that wasn't even that attractive initially. So I was like, what is going on in my mind? This is not making any sense. So tremendous amount of shame, uh, feeling so weak, feeling that I didn't have a grip on my emotions, feeling that I was overreacting, that I was kind of, you know, creating a storm in a glass of water after non-events or kind of situationships, feeling that the other person was probably living their best life while I was miserable and not understanding why. And she explains everything in her book, including the shame that people feel, which make us internalize a lot of feelings that don't go away. They just kind of macerate inside of us until they are triggered again. And she also explains in her book that you don't need to have had a traumatic, a very traumatic abandonment experience as a kid to suffer majorly from abandonment later on. So first of all, there's all of the, you know, past life or generational stuff that can, you know, that we inherit. But for some people, some people will have been abandoned and gone from foster home to foster home and not really have that much of an abandonment wound as adults. And others, it can be things as simple as our parents being late a few times when they pick us up from school and as a kid, seeing all of the other kids being picked up and like being alone at school for 15 or 20 minutes and feeling that, you know, no one cares about us. Or it could be about, you know, that time where a parent was a highly functioning alcoholic and even though they were not violent or not mean, their primary relationship, their primary relationship was still with alcohol. So we felt that we were not good enough and that we were not worthy of love or attention or caring because obviously they were more interested in their glass of wine than us. It can be so many things that don't necessarily involve massive separation trauma. And that brought a lot of peace because I was like, oh my God, this makes a lot of sense. I am not like a fucking emotional wreck. I'm not one of those awkward people who overreacts to everything. It's actually millions of us feeling the exact same way and feeling the exact same, same shame because we feel that we are like an emotional thunderstorm and overreacting to mind like not non-problems or non-events. And she also explained another thing that is probably going to rela relate with so many of you. So as a side note, one of the bases of EFT is 
to pinpoint a specific event in our past that upset us and then bringing peace to it. So if I'm feeling not good enough or if I'm being afraid of being abandoned by, you know, a significant other, maybe a specific event could be that time when, I don't know, our dad yelled at us and we felt not good enough or not lovable. And when I tried to do that, Back, you know, when I was healing from depression, but also today, I couldn't really find any event where I got the message in my head, I'm not lovable, I'm not important, I'm not good enough. And I thought it was weird because there must be something if I have this massive I'm not good enough belief, right? And the author, so Susan Anderson, explains that it is very much normal, especially if those events happened in early childhood, because either your brain will kind of suppress the memory of the painful event because it's too painful, or if we are very young, we actually, like a baby can't speak yet, right? So how can you memorize feelings like I'm not feeling good enough or I'm not feeling a connection. Like, how can you put words on a specific feeling if something happened at an age where your speech wasn't developed yet? So you technically can't memorize information in any other way than feeling. You can memorize a very specific feeling, but you can't put exact words on that feeling because your speech was not developed. Same goes with hearing and seeing. We were not born, and you can like look this up on Google, but like babies were not born with the vision we have as adults. Like when they open their eyes for the first time, everything is kind of blurry and it's a mishmash of light and blurry stuff. And that's because our eyes perceive light and then by experience and through touch and other sensory inputs, that's when we can know that, oh, a specific, like the way a plant, we see a plant is because the pigment of the plant is coming into our eye in a very specific way, blah, blah, blah. Like just look it up. I can't really explain it that well. But we basically don't have, when we are a tiny baby, we don't hear sounds the way that we, we can't decode the sounds in the same way we do as adults. So it's as if you basically memorize a barcode, but you can't really understand the barcode. But you do remember feeling. So when, you know, we get dumped and we feel not good enough and we feel very small and powerless and that we don't have a voice or helpless, that's the feeling we probably had as a kid, right? Even though we can't put more sophisticated words onto that specific feeling. So that really helped me understand why I didn't really have any memories of like feeling not good enough or feeling I was unlovable and not worthy of attention because I actually never really remembered any of that in those specific terms. Um, and another thing that she points out that is fucking fascinating is that as human beings um, and as babies, our survival depends on a caretaker taking care of us, like any baby or young infant will die if no one takes care of them. It's not like a turtle that is born, it comes out of the egg and swim, like walks and swims in the ocean. Meaning that our limbic brain or our amygdala, amygdala and all of the parts of the brain that are responsible for survival, so that's not the logic cognitive mind that sits down and journals and thinks, it's like a very impulsive, instinctive thing. We are designed or we are programmed to bond 
with someone. And each time the bond is broken, our survival is at risk. So all of the centers in our brain that are responsible for survival are going to go in full alert and are going to release a ton of very specific hormones and chemicals in our body that are, you know, fight, flight, or freeze, or other hypervigilant uh, other chemicals that make us very hypervigilant, that that prepare us for like either bonding or attacking or fleeing or freezing. Meaning that all of the times that mom was too busy because she was at work or dad was watching TV instead of taking care of us or just acknowledging us, our system got triggered. Like our survival system said, oh my God, we are losing the bond with the primary uh, caregiver or our parents. Our survival is a threat and it creates a very specific, very specific biochemical response in our body that will trigger very specific emotions and thoughts of fear, anxiety, etc. Now, when we are living an adult event, even if it's a small thing, like someone not answering your text, you know, a significant other not answering a text, or a client being mad at you, or anything where our system is triggered, we can basically have this massive response. So being massively upset or feeling helpless or hopeless or not good enough if someone doesn't want to date us anymore. And we're going to feel absolutely shit. And that was very much the case for me. And we are not so much reacting to that person as we are reacting to previous experiences where we lost our bond with our primary caretaker. So all of the times I was so upset, you know, about situationships that didn't turn out to be a relationship or men that I consciously and intellectually knew were not good. Like on the long term, it wouldn't have worked out or we didn't have the same values, etc., etc. I was still reacting so strongly and like not wanting them to go away. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I know he's no good for me. And that reaction was not so much about him or them as much as they were about this kind of automatic biochemical mechanism triggered from abandonment from the past. And that made so much sense to understand why to this day, all of us react very strongly to any situation where we feel we are being abandoned. And it can also be, you know, that colleague that didn't wish you a happy birthday if you wished you a happy birthday, or those friends that didn't invite you to that dinner, or your boss firing you, you losing your job, especially if we associate, you know, our position in a company or in a job as people take, taking care of us or recognizing our achievements, etc., etc. So brilliant book that really brought a lot of peace to many feelings of shame that I was like broken or dysfunctional or over emotional or too intense or that I just had to get over myself um, because it's just basically a chemical hijack. Your brain is creating a chemical hijack, which is an evolutionary purpose to keep us surviving, which kind of doesn't really work anymore because we aren't going to die if, you know, mom doesn't approve of us as a kid, but that's how our brain is wired to react. So absolutely brilliant work. And she has a workbook that I highly recommend you use 
Um, and funny enough, and part of her workbook, so there's five exercises that we can do to heal the abandonment wounds so we stop seeking validation, con connectedness, and love from the outside and can generate those things from the inside. And the more we can self-generate, you know, loving ourselves, accepting ourselves, validating ourselves, nurturing ourselves, and feeling that warmth and connectedness within ourselves, the more we can do that and the more likely we are to attract meaningful relationships um, and the more likely we are to attract that stuff from the outside. But as long as we are dependent, and I fucking know something about this, my friends, but as, no, as long as I need someone else to show me I'm good enough, or as long as I need a significant other, other to be with me, to feel that connectedness with someone else, or to feel the love within me, um, the more I need it from the outside, the more I fear that I might lose it and the more I am likely to attract people or circumstances that are not going to be emotionally available or that are going to trigger the abandonment wound. So that was a huge aha moment. And this author, I mean, she's she got abandoned by her husband of 18 years. They were like fusional, completely in love, and he left her for another woman. And that's how she basically, by being brought to her knees and being devastated, that's how she wrote the books and actually came up with a method that works really, really, really well. So I will put the name of that in the show notes as well, highly recommended. And one of the exercises is all about reparenting the inner child. Because when we feel abandoned or not good enough, it's always the inner child. And for so long, like I've known about inner child work for like years. And I always like liked the idea of it. And I was sure that it was really helpful. But I was like, yeah, that's just not my thing. I don't really feel the need to do that. And I should have known. I should have known better. That was my ego knowing very well that that's exactly what I needed and actually needed the most and casually, you know, making me believe I didn't need it. So this is what I'm currently up to, reparenting the inner child, a lot of inner child work, so I can give myself what for a long time I had been seeking from the outside and that just led to a pattern of attracting and being attracted to people or circumstances that were re -trigger, would re-trigger the abandonment. So coming up to, we're coming to an end with this podcast episode, but to today, despite being in a phase where there is more uncertainty than ever, um, mainly with that situation, I'll talk about more in the future with, the, you know, the family member and the financial thing, there's a lot of uncertainty on, on how that is going to work or not work or how what's going to come out of it. Uh, major life events, losing my cat, losing my grandpa, losing another family member that I was not so close to but was still very some, someone very important in my life. Despite not having launched anything since fucking September, which I used to be very shamed about. I was like, girl, it's been nine months. Like, are you sleeping or what? despite not having made any money, like I have made money passively on passive products, but not that much. Since November, uh, September, excuse me, of last year, um, and, and God bless the business, <laughs> let's bless the universe for the business that created so much income in the past that I can actually allow myself to, to not work and chill out and heal and still travel and do whatever I want. So, so grateful for that. And despite, you know, uncertainty about the business and not knowing where I'm going to live soon, 
Um, am I staying in Switzerland? Do I want to travel? Abandonment trauma coming up. I still feel better right now than I have felt in the past 10 months, if not more. I feel that my energy is coming back and that's how I realize now that all of those things I was worrying about and the financial stuff with, you know, the family member, etc., etc., and blaming myself for not being good enough and not being performant enough and not posting enough and not launching enough was just draining the life out of me. And now that I have finally, I'm in the process of accepting it and not pressurizing myself to do anything I can't do right now and just have to admit I can't, my energy is coming back um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. My inspiration is coming back. So good times ahead. And second lesson, I also, a third or a fifth, I don't know what lessons this is right now, but other lesson that I want you to have before we part on this episode is that even if you're not feeling like yourself, even if you're uh, navigating through a bit of a storm right now, it doesn't mean that you can't get some of the things you want. It doesn't mean you can't hit some of your goals just because, you know, business-wise specifically, I haven't hit any of my goals these last 10 months. Doesn't mean you can't, because I have hit other goals way faster in my personal development and my healing that I thought were inaccessible or would take more time. And actually, I know quite a few coaches I've been following for years who came out of the closet too to admit that they've had the worst 6 to 12 months of their lives and you couldn't really tell or maybe you would notice like a slight difference in their energy but you couldn't really tell and it didn't stop them from conducting their business and having big launches. So I do want to tell you guys that if you're like, oh shit, like I need to feel energized to reach my goals. No, you need lack of resistance. And a very fun example of this is that since I came back, so like two weeks ago, I, I said, oh, I want to start Wim Hof, like the Wim Hof method with the cold and the breathing. So I'm actually swimming in the lake, swimming in the lake for a few minutes at eight degrees now. And I just, yeah, I just thought, oh, it would be great, you know, to start Wim Hof. And I didn't even ask the universe to meet anyone who did Wim Hof. I said like, oh, it would be nice if, if someone else does it, but none of my friends do it. And I kind of forgot about it. And out of the freaking blue, this girl texts me on Instagram and she's the sister of a guy I was in class with when I was eight, eight years old. So it's been 20 years and I kind of knew her. Maybe we played tennis together when we were kids. I can't even remember if we did or not. So she randomly texts me on Instagram. I haven't seen her in 20 years and is like, oh, I've been following uh, you for a while and I really love what you do. Let's catch up. We could go for a swim. I'm actually training to become a Wim Hof instructor. So boom, manifested a Wim Hof friend and a great person I'm sure I can share a lot with. And I didn't even try, right? There was just no resistance. I was like, oh, it would be cool to meet Wim Hof people. Didn't even think about it anymore. Didn't try to attract it. And it still happened. So the recipe to manifesting is lack of resistance, or at least not too much resistance, because there's always resistance. It doesn't mean we have to be in a perfect vibe, in a perfect state. I actually manifested plenty of stuff since September, like assistance, plants, uh, opportunities, tax people, without even trying, because I just didn't really care. I just thought about it, forgot about it, and got it. So that is, uh, yeah, 
an encouraging word for you that just because you're going through a storm doesn't mean that you can't get what you want. And what is coming up? So what's happening now in the future? We've talked a lot about the past and the present. Um, so I'm currently rehauling some of my programs and updating some of the existing content that I feel needs to get updated or adding a few resources or module I feel are valuable. I definitely want to include more of what I've recently learned about abandonment, not feeling good enough, the biochemical processes, the work of Lise Bourbeau in some of my programs because I do feel it's been the blind spot in my business for a while. So after doing all of the EFT and the this and the that, I felt there was still a layer I couldn't really access. And those tools helped me tremendously. So I do want to incorporate it either in a program in itself or in some of my existing programs in a way that makes the most sense. So I, I will be thinking about that and I am thinking about that. I'll probably reopen a few one-on-one -on -one spots, which haven't existed in one and a half years. I'm feeling very attracted to doing one-on-one -on -one work now. I do have a few one-on-one uh, -on -one clients and I'm going to open a few spots. Um, if you're listening to this and interested, interested, send me a message, but I will make an official announcement because uh, I love one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one work too and it feels aligned right now. And we'll probably also launch some workshops, like maybe two or three days workshop on a very, two or three days workshops on a very specific topic such as either visibility or if you have judgment or, you know, marketing or nailing down your niche, uh, abundance and money, limiting beliefs, etc. Kind of like a power two or three days that can unblock a lot of stuff, reframe a lot of stuff, help a lot of people. Um, so yeah, that's ongoing too. I have uh, picked up a new hobby, which is skating. Because since I can't surf in Switzerland, the second best thing you can do is skate a very specific type of skate uh, that basically reproduces to as much extent as possible the movement of surfing so yeah Ines 28 years old is starting to skate I'm taking Spanish lessons which I have been wanting to do since I took Spanish lessons in Peru three years ago so now I'm actually doing it and I'm guessing I'll be spending quite a bit of time in Costa Rica in the future. So I do want to be able to speak with the locals and traveling. I have a few travels ahead, going to Portugal to surf. Uh, I have a wedding in Italy, probably going to visit a friend in Brussels. So few trips ahead too. Um, not putting too much pressure on myself. Uh, so I don't break the promises I make to myself. So I don't betray myself. And so I don't abandon myself which is a notion I didn't really talk about today but all of this notion of self-abandonment so when we are chronically abandoned by other people or fearful to be abandoned we are probably also abandoning ourselves by putting our needs last not listening to our needs our intuition um, not keeping the promises we make to ourselves etc so I'm not going to you know overload my schedule with things that I might not be able to do um, and I'll also stop telling my audience so you guys <laughs> uh, stuff that I can't sustain so here is what I can tell you uh, all of the above um, exact dates or time frames I don't know yet but I do know that I am very very excited that I'm feeling my energy is coming back that I have not been as happy and peaceful 
as I am now in a long, long time and that I am fucking excited (laughs) for the weeks and months ahead and freaking excited for that podcast episode I've been visualizing for months in the midst of all of this turmoil. I've been, you know, clinging on and hanging on to one vision, which has helped a lot of recording the podcast episode once I am on the other side of this kind of breakdown, once I have completely seen the light at the end of the tunnel and say, guys, this has been the worst X months of my life. This is how I turn things around and this is how it's going now. Um, so yeah, excited about that too. So thank you so much for listening to this pretty long episode, a pretty long life update. I hope it could help you. I hope that some of you can relate. Uh, If you're listening to this and you're like, damn, like some of this is resonating or you want to reach out, please do. I love receiving, getting your messages on Instagram or Facebook or email. They always touch me a lot. I like connecting with you at a deeper level. So please feel free. I would be very happy um, to hear from you. So thank you so much for tuning in today and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance and clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.